Just for fun, I thought I'd publish another one back to back. Got a little slack over this Christmas New Year period, and I've got a couple in the vault that I want to get moving out there to you all. This one's with Adam Keegan, another legend of the sport. Um, funnily enough, going back to back with Ben Holland makes a lot of sense uh, for Adam Keegan, given how you know intertwined they were with each other. Uh, in their careers over the years. Uh, had a really good yarn with him over a, a wild turkey or two and um, had a nice baked dinner with the family up on the Sunshine Coast. Um, absolute legend. Love him to bits. And I'm sure if you haven't heard his story and you learn more, you'll love him too. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks a lot for the support again and expect another one real soon. Bye. So I don't know how this works. What, 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 well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say cheers to Adam Keegan on the podcast. Legend, this guy. I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, well, we always seem to get along really well from the very beginning. Though, I've always been a good guy, good family, good upbringing. You too. You too. I get in trouble when I consume any beverages or eat during the podcast because people. A lot of people out there get really grossed out by hearing like the sounds of chewing, mm. but they're gonna have to deal with this one because I'm definitely you gonna, up I'm a definitely, and a I'm definitely gonna keep having oh, no, exactly. Yeah, I've, got, I've got a day off at home, so I yeah live it up. But um, what's going on today? Like I, I you're about to get off into the mines tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. How so, long have you been doing that for? And what's the go? Like how how full on is it? I uh, mean, like, it's I've, still a thing in Australia. It's kind of still for long yeah so I, i've like probably 10 years ago i got into the mines but before that i was doing um, i've run an electrical business mm. on the sunny coast for years and years and when work slowed here i got in there i was lucky enough to have friends that mm. sort of gave me a an open door away in because mm. that's the hardest thing there is just getting in mm. um now i do what they call like mine maintenance. So I work mm-hmm. all over different mines, just virtually, I work on the biggest machines in the world, just keeping that constant stream of coal running. Yeah. And is it a, is it a tough job? Like, I mean, I'm, I've met a few guys who do this kind of stuff. Like, is it quite draining mentally, those long days and those kind oh. of the isolation of it all? Like, how do you deal with that type of part of the deal? Oh, uh, like it's long days. I normally do like 13 hour days. Yeah. That's before traveling to and from site so Jeez. and then you get back you eat you talk to home quickly but mm. it's all like we on, on like i'm very fortunate because we travel a lot as a family mm. so all i do is i put my head down lock into it and then we go away for three weeks or a month yeah at a right, time and right just go all right well make good money work hard but then we live it up yeah so Sweet. and that's if I didn't do that, yeah. we couldn't do the other. So it's it's um, obviously the thing that I miss is when I'm away, I can't surf. I can't, you know, health wise, and because I do like day shift, night shift, it's like it's draining. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Like at the moment, I'm lucky to have a job yeah. because a lot of the world doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Getting into the electrical. Trade. You said that's about a ten year ago decision. Is that a decade ago? You'd say. No. So or when, when I did that, I so when when 
I started my apprenticeship, I was 22. Right, you were 22 when you started your apprenticeship. Yep, so I, what happened was, I was doing the world tour at the time, and I actually, bad boy sort of went, hmm, no longer. So yeah. I lost about half of my income from bodyboarding. Hmm. I went and had a meeting with Rip Curl, and they sort of went, well, what I was asking for, they laughed and sort of went, well, nobody bought us paid what you're asking for. Right. And then I went, oh, okay, cool, I've got to go and get a job. So I signed mm. a, I signed a four-year contract with Rare Piper, mm. started my apprenticeship. Mm. But I met my wife, I didn't want to be home for only two months a year. We, we yeah. you know, like come another year, we had a young kid, it mm. was like, it was just, I chose family life over yeah. That and just set up doing it, which was, you know, I, I still think the best decision I've ever made. That's really interesting. So, like, for my memory, so you're you're saying that, like, when you kind of did, le- you, you signed that four-year contract with Rio Pipo, yeah. and then only within a couple of years of that, you were kind of just like, you know what, I'm well, all right, I still, or did I still you kind did, of see um, it through? No, 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 I did the, the apprenticeship, but my boss was cruel enough. He was a surfer. Yeah. So I still went to Hawaii every year. Yeah, yeah. I did a Tahiti trip every year. Yeah. And um, it was one of those years that I had, like, three front covers in the same month. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, it was a really productive period for you. Yeah, for like I, but I really handpicked the, the, the trips I did, mm. and they had to be with the right crew and for mm. the right reasons. Mm. I just couldn't go somewhere and, you know, like before we'd go to Tahiti and just go Dang. go two months Tahiti or yeah. two months in Hawaii, whatever it was. Mm. And it was like, I've got two weeks off a few times a year. That's all I can do. Mm. So made the best out of it. And yeah, still, um, I don't know, things, mm. I don't know, everything seems to work out all right. Yeah, yeah. With the so with that kind of period of like doing the apprenticeship and maintaining that kind of professional bodyboard because it kind of almost mm. feels like it wasn't you were no longer a professional bodyboarder no. as soon as you started the apprenticeship, no, that's how right? It felt. Yeah, but you still managed to do so much. Yeah, well, as a professional bodyboarder for well, everyone else's but, but it, perception of you, it financed because I was still getting paid in, I guess, equivalent to today's standards, pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I think you would have been. Um, like out of the, I was as an apprentice. You make your first year apprentice as an electrician. Back then, you probably made two hundred dollars a week, and I was still like, yeah, I bought, I bought a house outright in that period. <laughs> it was we we. So Rio Piper was a good sponsor still at that time. They were fantastic. Yeah. And the people that I was around from a very young age, like I started with them at fifteen. Mm. Um. Well, no, even earlier, maybe thirteen with Rio Piper, but. The people that I was with, so like Benny Holland, yeah. Ian Stewart. Yeah. Ian Stewart was the best man at my wedding. Yeah. Ben Holland's still one of my best friends to this day. Like mm. brothers. Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I never changed sponsor. I never tried to. Yeah. It was, that's me. It's like, I'm a loyal dude. It's just mm. what it was. Mm. But I was also very fortunate that the people that I had backing me were loyal mm. too and took care of me. It's funny because, um, John Holmes was the the founder yep. of Rio Pipo, and and I've just recorded the. He's since um, passed away, mm-hmm. um, but he was a copper yep. before that, wasn't he? Was, he? And he was yep. pretty like the. I never hardcore. got to meet him, yeah, oh, but I'd hard. heard his reputation was like so, he was a tough guy. So the best one was I. I was very young. I went down to the factory, um, 
took my my dad came with me. My yeah. dad's a old school builder, so he is also a tough guy mm. and knows how to deal with people. And John's like his chair and his office is up here. Mm. Everyone else's is down there. <laughs> and okay. he's like, take your seat. My dad's like, no, no, I'll stand. <laughs> and he's like, all right, so you're paying Adam. Okay, he's on the Central Coast. Get him working in the factory. If the surf's not good, if you're paying him, why isn't he in your shaping boards? Why isn't he um, sweeping up? Why isn't he learning the ropes here? And John's just like, this dude's epic. So like, <laughs> I was going to say. So, so, but that's what my start of Rio Pipo was. Wow. So I got to spend time. When the waves were good, obviously I surfed. But yeah. if I was on the central coast and the waves were shit, I was in work, working, got to know everyone in the factory, got to know the shapers, epic. got to know the ins and outs of making boards. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. That's really cool. So what did that kind of... Um, how far did that really take itself in the factory setting? Like, was it, were there ever, like, was it up to you to turn up or was John just like, no, no, it was hey, up to me. There's no, no way. No, no, it was up to me. Oh, okay, so you would walk in and Completely go, I'm up here. to me, but then the thing was, he saw I was willing to work for it. Yeah. And that's been my upbringing. And, mm. um, I don't know, the best thing, like, I can learn from my dad that I've picked up in my life is your word, like, your word is everything. Mm. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. It's, mm. that's, that's it. So that's what I did. Mm, that's so, funny. So we, 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 it was good though. The, yeah. the factory at Rare Pipe at that time also only worked four days a week. Uh-huh. They did long hours those four days right. because Thursday night was a big night on the Central Coast. Oh, okay. So they no one worked Friday. Right. So when I was young and wanted to party and whatnot, we didn't have to turn up the next day because <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and this period, so this is the Central Coast years... And would you say that this, because this is kind of where, for me as a Grom, looking up to you and to the other guys at that time, like, you really, and I think Coxie was also spending a fair bit of time on yep. the Central Coast. Kane Can- and I started going down there yeah. together. Um, the first trip I ever did down that way was me, Ryan Spears. Oh, yeah, right, cool. Lloyd Llewellyn. Yeah, wow. And Coxie, and we went down, and we went to the... Hot buttered epic, I think it would have. I was 13. Right. So maybe uh, 14. Who was driving? Spearsy. Okay, Spearsy was the yeah, older one. So he, okay. he was a few years on me. But so we, that was the first, I think maybe the first pro event I went in. And you know, we've turned up there and we're like, we've all pulled, like, in the morning we've opened up this fair and Spearsy's door and like four of us have piled <laughs> out. Like, and people are like, what the hell? Yeah. And I had, um, I still remember I had Bullet. Uh, I had Epo, my first heat, those two, yeah. and I was just like, oh my God, these yeah, are my heroes. Like, yeah. But it was just so cool. Yeah. And then, um, then, yeah, through through um, Rio Pipo, the team manager was Clinton Lowe. I remember Clinton. Yeah, Lowe. He was, was he from WA originally or no, not? Central Coast was he a Central Coast, Coast guy? Okay. Yeah, but so he, he invited me after the, there was a world tour event at Maruchador. Yes, that was the first the first one, GOB part of the, one, yeah, yeah like, exactly. And, and, and like I from so Marusha Beach, like where I grew up, I was one like I was across the road from Marusha Beach. I was in my bedroom, mm. and I heard my name get announced. Going, Adam Keegan, you your your heat started. And I wow. ran down and somehow got through. Yeah. I was young and 
ended up doing all right in that one. But you did, didn't you? Didn't you beat Stewart or something? Or was that another oh, comp no, later? That, that was uh, more a the Goldie. Yeah, okay. Um, but I jumped it, ahead maybe a few years there. Oh, yeah, only not, not too many. But this one was... I actually had Kingy in my heat. Right, and this is the first GRB event. This is like... First one, yeah, we, were, right. we were in juniors. It yeah. ended up being me, Blake Copeland, oh, yeah. Scott Arena... Yeah. Luke Cousins, maybe. Yeah. They were all three Central Coast guys in yeah, the final. Yeah, like, man, yeah. this was juniors. Yeah. So I was only a cadet at the time. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, like I turned up late for this heat with King, and I swear that's where he's got this. This, I turned up 10 minutes ago and just like adrenaline just got it done. Got it done. And, and now it's one of the things he's always he's like <laughs> known to do. So I think he's just got, you know. You started it. Oh, I. Don't want to say that. Maybe you just picked up on a good thing. Picked up on a good thing, the pressure. Yeah, just adrenaline. It yeah. helps. Yeah, totally. I mean, so from that early age, then, you were, you were into the competitions, weren't you? That was kind of like your I, thing, or I, not? I, I'm the most competitive person in everything yeah. that you'll ever meet. If we play a game of cards, I don't want to lose. Yeah, if sure. We're, that's... You must have hated that time I beat you at the Jeff Wilcox then. Especially because you shouldn't have been in the division. No, um... Look, nowadays yeah. I've chilled out a lot, and mm. but it, it, even I try to teach my kids be competitive, but be mm. how do you say it? Be humble, be nice, be work, do the work, and then if you're good at something, mm. you don't have to tell people you're good at something because other mm. people do that for you. Mm. Just but now I'm scared when I'm going comp. So like the last Wilcox. Um, well, two years ago, I did. I, I ended up winning the pro and the masters. Yeah, right. And then Johnny Krushank did that last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's. I just got to throw it out there. He is one of the best riders I've seen in years. He's like a really dangerous competitor. He's, but he's just. A I hate rider. being in a heat with him. He's just a really good. Like in, in terms of what I like to watch surfing. Yeah, right. I could watch him surf all day. Yeah. I just think he is. Like poetry of motion, if, yeah, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's got a beautiful, smooth style. Yep. Like, it's really nothing's very forced. solid. Yeah, nothing's, nothing's ever forced. forced. And That's true. it's one of those ones where I'd rather watch that than someone trying to flip on silly mm. waves. It's mm. just... Coming on to that question, like, I mean, so you were a competitive guy at a young age, but you also managed to really kind of develop a, your own style, I, I felt, like back mm. when you were coming up. You were pretty radical. You were kind of throwing those kind of golf spins was yeah. kind of a thing that was very um, recognisable for you. Where did your development of your own style kind of come from? Which influences did you look at as you were developing your, your writing, would you say? Ben Holland. Ben Holland. Ben Holland, the way to the Central Coast. There yeah. was... Um, and in saying that, Ben Holland's the most smoothest, yeah. most technically correct bodyboarder of... Yeah. Like obviously Stuart yeah. Hardy are there, mm. but Ben is. Um, I'd say the waves that we surfed, they were, and I was trying to like do moves in. I guess would surf like low tide bandsai. Yeah. Even if it was onshore, I'd surf there every day, yeah, and yeah. it was just like a little ramp, and you'd. Yeah. I'd just be trying to pop airs and mm. do whatever, and I. It was purely out of that. It was, mm. and I think it was. At that time, there was a lot of pressure that, how do you say, that there was the technical surfing of, say, Ryan 
and everyone wanted to mimic him. Yeah. I've never been a follower. Mm. Um, I just did my thing. Mm. It was what it was. I eventually, like, Ben sponsored me with Kapalawa Fins. Yes. And um, it was almost like me and Ben were Australian, but we were more of an international yeah. blend than what... If you said Australian riders, yeah. don't think you would think of us. Nah, nah. I know what you mean. And so we had influences from all over, like, Daniel Rocha, uh, Peanut. Yep. Brazilian, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we spent a lot, because Ben, like, you've talked to Ben a lot. Yeah. Um, and you, well, you stayed in Hawaii in the house with us and all the Groms. And yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. You saw how tired I was with yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. those guys. So yeah. It's just... Yeah. I think it's, um, but it is interesting to pick up on that point you make there, because there, there was this style difference between, yeah, like, Ben and you... We're on this other kind of style trajectory, trajectory. Yeah. and and I'd even also put um, Nathan Purcell also 100%. like some of those yep. like and yep. and to an extent I do think Lester was also a little bit different with his style approach. He was a bit more funky. Although bring up Lester, I'm glad you did okay. because we, we we did a trip to the Hinakos in yeah. Sumatra. Yeah, and I never really spent any time surfing with Lester outside of contests. Yeah. Still to this day, I think in my mind he is the best pocket surfer yeah, that I've yeah. ever seen. I'd hundred percent agree with that. He is Kingy gets called that. Mm. I've never really I, I haven't spent all that much time with Kingy. I'm yeah. sure he is, but Lester, oh my god, yeah. he was like after that trip I walked away just saying he's the man. He's yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. Now it's a very unique style and it and and I think that like there is that, yeah, you're right, that kind of thing where everybody looked at Ryan as the de- definition yeah. of Australian style yeah. and then Mitch and Ben yeah. and, you know, everyone went that way. They all wore, ch- wore Churchills. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, to an extent, well, the fins e- you wore in Australia well, even, were also even, an interesting even factor. Even at the end, so it was a hard one for me because Ben Holland and I are best friends. Mm. Dead said love him. He's like a brother. Mm. At, the, at the end, I had to try to separate myself from Ben a bit because mm. I was considered Ben was here I was here but I was always in his shadow yeah so at the end I started wearing old school red leaves yeah um doing just my own thing because it was I just had to do something different because mm. if not I would never get away from him especially mm. with Rero Popo Rero Popo anyone who knows Rero Popo knows Ben Holland Hmm. That's yeah. He just, was the main name there. It's yeah. just what it was, and yeah. then, then so I was sponsored by Bad Boy, and then mm. soon after that, Ben came to Bad Boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like we were. Well, it looked like you guys were just a package deal for every sponsor. That's right. <laughs> and, and look, it worked. It worked good. Yeah. But still, I had to somehow do mm. something different because yeah. it was what it was. How. Um, coming back to that Central Coast connection and, and how your, that development of your riding took place, um, probably were those the most formative years for you with your riding, that, that Central Coast moment? Because you were putting a lot of time in down there. Um, how did it work with this introduction to Ian Stewart in all this? Because... Okay, this yeah, is, this how, did is, the, how did that start out? Because that was pretty important for your whole career, right? The, well, not the relationship that. there. Ian was the best man at my wedding. Yeah, right. So, um, I met Ian Stewart through Tim Jones. Okay. So, Tim Jones was the 
team manager of Rare Pipo. Okay. So I went down and stayed with Tim. Mm. Tim's roommate was Ian Stewart. That's right. Yeah. Okay, this then, is early days, isn't early it? Early days. And then, like, I was... So me and Coxie went down, stayed there. Like, I'd been on the Central Coast a few times before. Like, I actually surfed Indies hmm. or The Zone before Tim ever did. And he, yeah, lived, right. he lived on the Central Coast. Right. Um, I first surfed when I was, like, 14 with Lowy. Hmm. Hmm. Then I went down, stayed with Tim. Um, and it was strange. There was, like, this weird... Thing between Tim and I because I was like the upcoming Rare Popo guy he was the team manager but almost like team member still team member but somewhat on the way out yeah, and I was yeah. coming up and I had a really tough time when I stayed at the Central Coast with them and the waves were good and Tim would go surfing and I was left there Okay. Then, then Ian would come back and well, this shouldn't probably go on here but uh, <laughs> but then, then Ian would come back and Ian was such a legend he was like hey what's going on let's go surf yeah and since then Ian was sort of a big brother figure to me yeah right and you know then it was we did West Oz trips then we like so I was 15 Ben Ian myself went to Tahiti would go there and just camp for a month exactly yeah and then, like, that was before Chopu was a known yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, the first trip I did there was uh, Stuart, Chris Wan. Yeah, right. Like, Wan's laughing at me going, you don't know how to surf reefs, do you? <laughs> and I'm like, not really. <laughs> so, that and, and, like, the first day I ever surfed Chopu, it was, like, 10 foot. Like, Stuart went straight on one. And I was just sitting there, like, paddling and going, oh, my God. Yeah. I think I, like, went, like, a little, like, it was probably six to eight foot and just a little inside like <gasps> yeah it's so, like, so pumped it's so intense but I did that before Hawaii before yeah. anything yeah yeah and that was that. but that whole um, how how much of an influence did apart from that kind of meeting Ian Stewart you know that relationship over the years you know became a really and it still is a great friendship yep. um, how important was that for your career development you know without it without that influence, without that push, because he's such a good, like, oh, he's I was so laughing hard. about it he's with Ben so Holland. Hard. He's like, so hardcore too. So hardcore, So, yeah. so okay, the, you, you know the, the Riptide cover? Was, yeah, exactly. That's where I want to okay. get to. That's so, where I want to get to. So, okay, so, so I'm 15 with yeah. Surfing Indies. It was massive. Yeah. And set rolls in. And we're like, Jonesy paddled for the first one, pulled back. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was in the right spot. Oh, my God. And, like, I was just, like, I was such a frother. Yeah. Next one came up. I'm going no matter what. Yeah. I'm gone and obviously went over the falls. Got apt. Like I got, I got under the ledge. I almost drowned. Oh right! So you got pushed back under the ledge. Under the ledge, swam yeah. up, hit reef from. Oh no way. Under. Then I had to like because I snorkeled out there. I know what it is. Swam out. Oh, came up. Lost. Blew two flippers off. Like fucking thought I died. Yeah. And Stu's was the first thing he said to me. He yelled at me. And went. If you held onto your board, you would have had cover. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like a 15 year old at the time, just like, oh, oh. just thought I'd die. And then he gave me like one of his flippers. I'm go back here and get another one. One flipper. One flipper. <laughs> gave me like this old school man of blade, like an extra large. I'm out there like floundering, just like. But no, he um. And you did get a cover. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but I, that was, um, 
That was the same time. I was 15 when I got that. And that cover came out when virtually it was pretty much all, it all happened that year. That was the year that I won that Moro Pro when, hmm. you know, against Mike. Um, Didn't you win the national title that year as well? Did yeah, you get a I, national title? Yeah, yeah. So I won the cadet. Cadets, yeah. I won, I won the cadet Aussies, and then I was yep. never allowed to compete in the Aussies again. Oh, because you were a pro. I was a pro. The only person that rules ever. <laughs> me, never, me and Spearsy. I've never heard of that me, rule me, before. Me, me and Spearsy, Queensland didn't allow they us to compete. They just wouldn't let you compete anymore. Wouldn't allow us to compete. So if we didn't qualify, we couldn't... I couldn't even back up my uh, Aussie title. That's hectic. Since then, I've now won another three. <laughs> um... Ch- change of the bureaucracy at uh, Queensland Bodyboy. Yeah, well, now I just do it for fun. Me and Lloyd go down and have a weekend of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then that did that that pro event, and I was like, I ended up getting, I think, second on the Aussie tour when I was yeah. 15. Yeah. And then that cover came out, and it was just like... That's a year. That's a big year. Yeah. So, to le- like, because a lot of people who listen to this and watch this were people who grew up frothing on you and all those guys but there's a lot of others who have no concept maybe of even what it means to get a cover of Riptide magazine like oh, it's... what was that feeling like when you when you learned about it and then obviously you would have seen it in a well, in a news agent right like yeah. is that how that worked like can you go yeah, through the so, kind of feeling and the emotions so what, of it all back in the day it was before digital yeah so what we used to do like We'd go back to Ian's house and we'd watch us do a slideshow. Yeah. When 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 we got a <laughs> to roll, do a slideshow. Yeah. When we got That's a roll so of film back, you'd, you'd sit there and you'd just we we all like, sat there. Yeah. We all sat there like just looking at these shots going on the wall, right? So what a projector screen on the wall on the wall just and we all up. just sat there and just sort of like went. It was like we all just sat there and just oh my god! And I was like I was blown away. I'm like oh yeah. I thought I thought I went over four or something like that. Maybe a six foot, and then we're like looking at this thing, just going, "Oh shit, that's it." It that's was, it was like, guys have definitely done more hardcore stuff now, but at the time it was pretty nuts. Oh, it was super nuts. And I was sitting there, just like, "Oh wow!" And then I went to, was that a compet diva? It must have been the Aussie titles at diva that year. And uh, Simon Ramsey, I think, came and put put the proof in my lap yeah, right. before it was out. And I was like, That's oh, my sick. God. That's sick. That's a nice little motivator. Yeah, and then it was like, it, it, it was it was a pretty wild time in my life. Things were changing very quickly. Yeah. How did it feel to, could, like, because that, was that the moment, like, off the bat, that's a big year. So, like, you've got some amazing competition results. You've landed yeah. a cover of the biggest magazine in the world for bodyboarding. And I think my board model came out that year. Too. Okay, so every okay, so everything. So because was the board model so, already in in the works before the cover, or no, was that no, so after? I wasn't writing. So that board's still in inverted. I give all like Ben Wells got all yeah. my my boards sort of there, but um, no, I didn't have that. It was pretty much after that. Then I got I think like I was winning the Australian tour and then had a like double interference me Ben Holland and Bullet that cost me the Australian tour. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Let's get back to that after this okay, question. But, I remember but that. so 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 then we we've, we've then the next year like so then I was fifteen went tidy the first time went to Hawaii the first time and then and still like that year 
gets even better because I missed, met uh, like one of my best friends in the world, yeah. uh, Cap Sanderson. Yeah, right. So on the first Y trip. Yeah, so me and him became mates then. Yeah, and right. he's like, he came on my 40th to Sumatra. I, I went to his 40th to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk every week. It's Epic. just. Epic. So it all kicked off from there, but did the board, that whole board coming out, was that after the cover? Like, how yeah, did that yeah. situate itself? It and pretty, so what, John Holmes was like, okay, kid, yeah, you've got pre- a board it model. It was pretty much like, um, I don't know, it all just, it just was all happening. I, I, yeah. There wasn't a moment where it was like, a, I think it was just that all of a sudden I was in, somewhat in the same um, realm as Ben. As yeah, in, yeah. And like, when I first met Ben, it was like, he's a superstar sort yeah, of thing. Like, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden it was that everyone I was around, like even Ben Player, Kingy, all these guys, like, you know, but I was probably the first out of all of us that same, like, they're roughly my age, maybe a year older. Yeah. But I've always been classed as older. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think I was the first to have their own board model. Mm. I was the... But it was because I'd been with Rero Popo for years and years yeah. and came up through the ranks. So the relationship was really established by that. Yeah. With that brand itself, you know, did you jump on the... Because I just recorded with Ben Holland and he was talking about how he was such a busy pro bodyboarder. Like, oh, he, he was, was nine months out of the year. Yeah, he was, we, 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 we were Were you on that, whole, yeah, man, we were were on that whole journey? So, like, Ben and I would... Like, it was so cool, though. Like, everywhere I went, I had a big brother looking after yeah. me. So, like, we'd go to Japan and it was like... Ben had been there before and it was yeah. like he knew everyone and I'm yeah. just I was along for the ride yeah. then I'd, I'd turn up to Hawaii and it's like I try to explain to even my kids everyone travelling then wasn't the same as now yeah. you can't go on Airbnb and book someone you nah. can't it was you had to get there and try to organise something Yeah, I didn't have to Ben was already there and yeah. had, had my accommodation organised yeah or we'd go somewhere and he'd just pull out the rare pipe credit card and go, bosh. Yeah. Even if we did good, it was like nights out, rare pipe card. Just So he controlled the card? You never had full control of the card? I was 15. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, until I was 18. At 18, I got given one. Oh, you got one at 18? Yeah, but... That would have been a nice but, moment. Yeah, but before that, it was like, no. It was, it was pretty much, uh, sir, can I... But he was like the man. Like, yeah. He is the most generous epic dude in the world was his involvement in your early years then was that a really important factor in you being able to do this kind of stuff like would your parents have probably put the brakes on a little bit if you were doing this you wouldn't have been able to do this solo well see i now that i've got kids yeah there's no way that my kids at 13 are ready to do what my parents stood back and allowed me to do how wild is it hey um like yeah, but my parents knew Ben. My parents knew Ian. Ian, okay. So Ian is the he's the eldest of the of the crew. out of the crew, and I guess there's a difference once once you're getting paid as well, and it's actually yeah, a it's job a real scenario. Mm. But Ian was probably the one that my parents went. All right, he's got his crap together. He's a yeah a good guy, and um. Like Ben was loose shit. Like <laughs> it, 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 it's it's true. Like we had so many loose times, and it, it was fantastic. But it's um, I think without Ian, my parents may have not allowed a lot of the things to happen that did. Yeah, that's funny. 
I, you know, like a lot of the, the stories you tell about Ian being that responsible adult in the scene. Oh, I mean, he was my... Re- well, <laughs> no, 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 but like he was the responsible adult for me too because yeah. many of my early trips were with him. Yeah. He was the first That's guy right. I was allowed overseas oh, with. We, 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 we were in a clothing company yeah. that sponsored Yeah, him. exactly. I got the sponsorship. Yeah. That was sick. But like, it was it was like a... I often look back on it and, and you know, he did... Tr- I was treated like a like a little brother slash nephew because yeah. I think the age gap was a bit more so maybe you got the little brother oh. treatment I maybe got the nephew I, treatment but I, like, th- I think I also in, I, I think I forward. got all the grommet abuse yeah um, and I think by the time anyone else came after me he'd realised and I, I had I'd snapped at him a few times yeah I had I had and, to as well and um, like pulled him in the line a bit and went no enough's enough yeah but the way I was treated in those young years, Jesus Christ! No, no one, no one these days is allowed to be treated that way. I know it's, but look, it's good and made. It is. It, <laughs> we don't know exactly it's, what you're it's talking what about. It is like I, I got. Knocked I don't out. think we can talk about a lot no, of treatment. I, I, I got knocked out twice in one week. <laughs> what? What? So now I'm an electrician. I know how bullshit this yeah. is. I left a PowerPoint. The switch turned on it. So he grabbed me by the head and just like ran me into the wall and knocked out. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm like, he's like, you're wasting my power. I'm like, no, so no, no, no not true. No, not true. There's, there's nothing plugged in. There's no power being used. No, but. So hey, what was the second knockout? How did you get the uh, second? In that week, Ben Holland. I, oh. I, so I, I ran, ran to the beach. He dropped a flipper, so I threw it down the beach. He was running a bat tail board. And I'm like. <laughs> Turned around, somebody he's just going, stoink. I'm just like, <laughs> out. Yeah. It was madness. I mean, yeah, like the amount of times I was threatened with a chalk nose. Oh, the chalk. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Well, I, I can say one that can't go on here. But, uh, yeah, the tell first, one you can tell that can go on here. Get, well, get the, one out that can work on it. The first West Oz one, there was yeah. the Rio Popo team was me, Hayden Bunning, Shane oh, yeah, Chalker. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jones, Tim Jones, yeah. Ian Stewart, Ben Holland, of course, mm. uh, Greg Marshall, who's just yes. one of uh, Ian's best mates. Yeah. He comes to Marshall with yeah. me. Um, so we decided it was flat or bad weather for a week. So we got boxing gloves. <laughs> and so me and Hayden were like the youngins. Hayden was like 18, I was like 15. Yeah. And we're like, gloves on. <laughs> and he's just like gone at me. And I'm like, and he's just like beat the shit out of me for, for a minute yeah and then he's run out of puff yeah and he's just like taking them off and I'm like no no it's it's on and no it's over oh and then but I ended up I don't know how I think it was Jonesy threw me through a wall <laughs> don't know really what went down <laughs> but we ended up throwing through the wall it was um somehow Tim got this house through the... Because he was sponsored by West Wetsuits. Ah, yeah, yeah. He lost his sponsorship over how this house was left. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, not cool. Like, I, yeah. I actually got thrown through a wall. It was just insane. <laughs> and, like, that was even before... Like, we, we were going to the pub, and, like, I was at the pub in, in Mars when I was, like, 15, and yeah. no one questioned it. Nah. It was just insane. Yeah. And this is all while you're under the under the guidance of the responsible Ian Stewart. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if mum and dad knew, right? <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I think 
to be fair to him as well, and I've, I've got I'm gonna chase him down to get a podcast interview because I think there's a huge legacy oh, from him he is in bodyboarding that needs not, to be understood. I, like, I would also say that Ian's the best storyteller yeah, I've ever met. Yeah, he's great. He's um, he can tell a yarn. He's yeah. he's the man, mm. but he's also you know like he was in tropes before it was really a known mm. thing like he's he also charges on a boog like there's yeah. times where i'll say to him excuse give me your camera you catch a wave and he'll just like he has a go oh man should i'll show you this footage from sumatra he like he's maybe 45 46 now yeah and he was ripping he, he's he, still fit as a fiddle though oh yeah he's, he's it's hectic he's insane but he, he cut his hand like he dropped, one of the boys left a bottle at a waterfall they went to, like a beer bottle. Mm. And Ian went and picked it up and he slipped and he oh, got right. himself stitches. So yeah. the next day he's surfing, like eight foot honey smacks yeah. with one hand. Yeah, right. Like rubber glove, everything. And he's doing cut, double hand cutties <laughs> with one hand. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's the And best. he doesn't do anything by halves. I, I think like when he's committed to something. So like, you know, I, I remember times, you know, when we would when we were in Tahiti on some of these early trips and he would literally just be in the water for like eight hours straight, oh, yeah. no sun cream, oh, no, he, and he, he just punched not, through. He and doesn't then, wear sunscreen. Yeah, he doesn't wear any sunscreen, does he? And, and he like, believes it's cancerous. Yeah, exactly. We'll see in the end, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but his back would just, he'd just lose layers of yeah, skin. First two days, and he'd ask me to put the moisturiser on his back afterwards. Yeah, like, he didn't cool. believe in sun cream, but he believed no, in moisturiser. That's right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, you know, maybe he, would, he was just keen on you. Oh, no, you never know. You never know. But like, he, he, he would put so much effort in. I just remember the classic example. And then also, when you're riding and he's shooting, he's abusing you like yeah. a, like the highest decibels. Like he's screaming and at you jo- every single then way. Jonesy picked up on that. Yeah, Jonesy he, was he bloody good at it too. too. Yeah, Jonesy's full like, on. Like, the, the, the one thing I'll say with Stu's is every time I've ever shot with him, He's prepared to be more committed or put himself in the danger zone as much yeah. as we are. Yeah, I think that's and true. And there's very few photographers that I've ever seen do that. Yeah. yeah. No, he definitely just put everything into it. And he's, just, yeah. he's, he's just one of the most hardcore, dedicated people to whatever he does. And the exception to that, I would say, is Chris White. Okay. So even now, what he's doing that Ninja Warrior, if he decides to do something, yeah, they don't do it by half. Yeah. Say, they do it to a level that, to the majority of people, we go, that's a bit obsessive, mm. or or they might be a little bit nuts. Yeah. But that's the level it takes to get that mm. sort of um, results. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. In the career, like when you kind of sit here today. Yeah, I, I'm still blown away that you know. When was the last years of you being a professional bodybuilder? How old were you when you were kind of when you hung it up and you kind of just moved on and got I, on with I, life? How I old think do you think I you still were? had board models when I was like twenty-seven. Okay, twenty-seven, but you weren't really pushing. Like it was kind of oh, just on the shelf. No, still. I was. I was a family man. I was. Yeah, I was doing everything but that. Yeah, exactly. It was just and like for years, I I didn't compete at all. Mm. Um, I've come back to it now, now a little bit, and it came about because my boys, I surfed with them all the time, and mm. they joined the local bodyboarding club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I went back, and now, like, for years, I we were 
we were a very close-knit just family like I didn't see anyone didn't do much and then mm. that sort of like woke it up and I went in a comp and mm. I think it was like the state titles and I won that and then I went oh okay cool let's do the Aussies I won mm. that and it was just that's hilarious yeah that's what it was looking back on the career when it was actually a profession you know like do you feel like um do you feel like it's a moment that just was is never going to repeat itself like what it seemed like you kind of got the tail end of oh, the I, boom of bodyboarding yeah so from from Talking to Ben and mm. Epo, who, you know, Epo's around the corner, we're good mates. Um, I think we had, the, I had the tail end of it, that's for mm. sure. It was, like, Jake Stone is a dead set legend, one of the most talented, hardest working, great people. He will never make the money we made. No. And that's not to do with his skill. His skill is far better than what mine ever was. Mm. It's to do with the timing industry mm. the world around us it's mm. um you know I, I don't know like even back then you know you you had all, there was guys sponsored by billamon quicksilver there was all these big sort of things but i think maybe it will come back around when when say uh Unite or Grand Flavor and these brands, if everyone gets behind them mm. and really pushes the bodyboarding specific brands or and mm. bodyboarding stores like Inverted, Booger King, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that, and there's more money back in the industry, they'll put it back. It's mm. just, it's, it's in its infancy of that new wave. Mm. We, when we were on the phone before I got here, you know, we were talking briefly about that the Ben Severson board that just yeah, got yeah, sold, right? Yeah, so I insane. think this kind of links back into yeah. that because, like, it's kind of like, for me, I'm still, I haven't fully processed, there's so many things whirling around in my head about it, about good, bad, ugly, what does it mean, what, is it a good thing, you know, I, I don't know how to process it yet, so, so but I, how do you look at all this? Because that's the generation before you, well, much I, before you. So, well, it is, but it isn't. Yeah, so, right. so, because Ben Holland, when I first went to Hawaii, the people I hung out with was Ben Severson. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's because Ben Holland was really good mates with Ben. Mm. Um, so I, I got to surf Sandy Beach with Ben, Jacqueline Holmes, yes, all these guys. Yeah. Like I got to be with this crew that was honestly classes in net, like the the older generation, but I was mm. somewhat a part of it. Um, I don't know. In terms of the board sale. I was willing to pay a, quite a lot of money for that board yeah. or a few of those, but there's, I guess people now that we all got older, some have been very financially successful in yeah. life. And if you want something, you can buy it. Why not? Yeah. Well, that, that's how I see it. Like if, if, if yeah. I was a millionaire and I had a pool room, do I want a Michael Jordan jersey signed? Mm. If that was my thing and you had money to burn, mm. do it. Mm. So that's where I think this comes into it. It's. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but what about the culture? Because for me, it's like you, you mentioned Unite and Grand Flavor. Mm. And like these are brands that I don't, I don't know how well they're doing or not, but I, mm. I, I assume that they're, they're kind of just 
getting along. They're yeah. not blowing doors open. They're not like it's, expanding it's hard, in a man. It's yeah, hard. of course it's hard. But some people were willing to spend thousands of dollars on on an artifact from history, and and it makes me wonder like is the problem that we don't have brands that are led by the original pioneers. So, like, if there were brands that had Ben Severson attached to them, if there were brands that had Jack Lindholm attached to them, is that what maybe the secret is here? Because the boom no, of bodyboarders well, well, but is a generation ago. The in, consumers in, are there. In saying that, my shirt's still got his brand. Yeah, Science. he's still there. Like, um, I think people want to relive their youth, Yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I, I think they want to remember what they were once connected to with when they were young and remember, mm. hey, these guys were superstars in my eyes. Mm. I think that as we get older, we realize people are people, mm. and you may lose that hero worship. They sort lose of thing. their god status. Yeah, mm. and I think that a lot of people would do anything to get that back. Mm. Which, you know, like for me growing up, man, like Stuart was a man. Like I, Ben Stevenson was great, but I idolized my Stuart. Yeah. I just anything. It's what it was, mm. and. Now I think that the problem is with, even I look at my kids, the world's so open now with the internet, with, mm. um, like, you, when you, I was young growing up, Sunshine Coast, you either, you surfed, you played football, that was virtually it. Mm. Now they've got access to everything via the internet. Yeah. So there's basketball players, there's, mm. you know, all different things. Do the gods die quicker in this age? Like... The, the gods well, before come, lived come longer. And go, they come, come and go, and go a lot faster, yeah, because they? everyone gets their 15 minutes of fame now. Yeah. Whereas back then it was like they were the ones. They were the ones, yeah. They had the covers, they, they had, had the endorsements. It yeah. was what it was, and there was very few. And I even think, in some ways, in bodyboarding nowadays, I think there's far too many people with signature models. Yeah that actually floods the market a little bit and mm. stops other people from doing it. And mm. I still think that, which is a touchy subject, I think the people from my age should actually step aside a little bit and let the next generation come through. And, okay. that, and that just hasn't happened. Mm. Because there's no new guns because nah. there's still the guys, virtually our age, mm. with the board models, mm. doing their thing because... Hey, it's their job. Well, they don't yeah. want to step aside from it. Yeah. So there isn't that renewal of the of the heroes coming up. Yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, it's it's really interesting with my experience going back on the world tour. Like, there is this crop of guys from WA, Louis, George, yep. and Wingers. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. I don't know them personally, but, but they, they, they you would read, you would love yeah, it. I would watch you would love them. They're insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you would very much love them on a few levels. Um, the but see, I, I, I think I think one of the best things is you doing the world tour. I actually think it's fantastic. Mm. But I don't think you're chasing an income out of it. I don't. No, think you're, no, I don't, no, no, I don't no. think you're chasing a, no. that that. Like I don't think you're pushing the boundaries. No. I think what you're doing is pushing your own boundaries and, and and doing it for yourself and for mm. the right reasons. Mm. Same as if I do the Jeff Wilcox. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, if I win, if I lose, mm. yeah, I'm there for a good time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think there needs to be the people with the roadway or the pathway if they mm. are really, really good mm. that they can get onto the world tour or they can... Mm. you know like make a movie or if they can inspire the next generation mm. and it's just I don't see that there's that, that that opportunity yeah there's a big void there isn't there it's um 
it's super interesting because that that void is being filled in other countries. Like yeah. there are Chile young yep. Chileans who are coming up. There are young Brazilians. Yep. You know, there's young Portuguese and well, French. Do, do, do you want the day to come where Australia is not a superpower in bodybuilding? I think it's already here. Yeah, that's sad though. It is, and it that's is. why I say my experience back. on the world tour is like I. It seems absurd to me that I'm there, like representing Australia when yeah. I know that there's all these guys yeah. over here but who are just it's like. It's a financial. It's a financial thing. thing. I can afford to do it, oh. and that's really bad. Like yeah. to me, that's a really shocking yeah. thing to acknowledge. Like. I can be there because I can afford to be there. And then, you know, I go and see all these other riders around Australia. There's good guys. Shane Schrader comes oh, to mind rips. for me, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely rips. And, and uh, Liam Lucas. Yep, he is, 100%. He, in my mind, he is... I've seen some footage of him. Oh, yeah. my God, he is... And he, he's got the whole package. He's mm. a great rider. But he also has, uh, like, his dad's... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got exactly. the right support network yeah. that he could, yeah. given the right opportunity, go far. Yeah, and 100%. It's, um, it's just sad that there's not the financial backing of some yeah. of these people. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer to any, any mm. of it. Well, I mean, for me, I've always looked at this VBC group as part of the answer because... And it's kind of been validated a little bit somehow. I just wish there was somehow we could connect the dots between raising heaps of money. Because, I mean, I think on paper you can look at the Ben Severson sales. I mean, I'm going to estimate that there was probably about, fuck, it must be nearly 30,000 US dollars. 20 say, to 30,000 or even more. more. 11,000 on one board. On one board, yeah. So, so I didn't look at every single but, board sale, but, but, but they're all up even, there, right? Even if you look at it one step further than that, mm. imagine if you added it up, everything... Every person bid it. Yeah. So if you went, okay, everyone's ten dollars mm. in towards something. Mm. What's ten dollars if yeah, you're willing to pay eleven grand? I know, I know. So how do we how do we connect the dots between that? Because I want to see Liam Lucas on the world tour, yeah. and I want Shaden Trader to be there for the yeah. whole time. Like me, I get to do nice podcast episodes, and every now and then I get a heat and I win yeah. one, or you know, I get yeah. a lucky moment. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, that felt good. Hey, can, can I ask you? Not, can I yeah. ask you one? So. There's been a few days in my life where I've done comps where you just wake up and everything feels right and it goes your way. Yeah. I've always felt that I know that that's going to happen. Yeah. Have you had those ones? I just think in the Canary Islands last year at Fronton when I finished seventh, that was probably that moment where just everything... I didn't have to do... There was no effort on my part. In, in, it was probably just more about patience. Yeah, it was probably just me because yeah. I just sat out the back and I just just breathed. Yeah. And then I just kind of resigned myself Everything to the just, result. It yeah. Just, it just took its part. Yeah. So the the swell would come and I'd just be like, I will go this wave. And then I went the wave and I got the score. That, that was pretty solid too. Oh, yeah, it was really solid. Was, I've never been there. So. But oh, you'd love it. It's it's intense, but it's like. It's got some good ramps and oh, it looks insane. And just that amphitheater. I respond really well to the to the arena, like an intimate sort of thing where you can hear the crowd. Yeah, and, I do. I respond yeah, to that. I'm yeah. a bit of a, a show off, so yeah. like I've never I've never known that. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely, and that's why Shark Island was such a good event to compete yep. in as well because that's another one I've never done. Oh, you never did it. I never. God, that's it. a beautiful I, event. I, I never yeah. got invited. Well, I didn't have to get invited. It was a tour event by the yeah. time I got so, there. So I was back, back in the day, it was oh. one that, because the Central Coast and the You couldn't get boys, the blow-ins. You, you no, weren't one of the blow-ins. No, because the Central Coast boys and the Nullar boys were sort of like a... Oh. But you uh, got heaped in with the Central Coasters then, didn't you? Yeah, so That's I so wasn't allowed. 
God, that's a shame. Yeah, but see, same vibe. You get that amphitheater. You walk through a crowd of a few thousand people to get your rash fest. Yeah. You and feel you just, like a somebody. You paddle out. You get a good wave, and people cheer. It's that's like so sick. Internationally, around the world, different places, bodyboarding has got the audience and the backing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of like in Chile, it's interesting. They're very smart about the way they do their events, and yeah. people are proud, I think, to have international people yeah, yeah, at yeah. their place. So, yeah. and you would have probably experienced this with places like Japan and yeah. half the Japanese yep. people at that event didn't right, give a yeah. shit about bodyboarding. No, they were just there because there was a, something happening and there was some strange white people there too. You know, like it's probably It's that. even like that very first UOB event that was done at Marichal. Mm. It was done so well. Yeah. And it was done... It was a carnival-like atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. It was... It, was, it, was, it uh, ropes them in. Yeah, and it gets them in. Mm. And that was that was run by uh, Bill Parada. I don't know if you remember. The his, name's really familiar, but I his, don't know. His two sons... Uh, well, he's... Jeez, uh, I think they had like seven or eight kids in that family. But Pano is dead set legend. Um, really good drop knee. I think he won the Aussie tour and then there's, they went to... A, that's maybe where the names... Um, then Dwayne Parada as well. Those yeah. two were like also the local guys. Yeah, that right. That were my... Massive influences. Yeah, right. So that and that was their old man that put it together. Yep. There's a lot of old men that put shit together for bodyboarding. I mean, my father did a I lot know. of stuff too. Big so. Steve. Steve put his time in. Yeah, but it's 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 just really interesting. So yeah, like there are other countries that do have this kind of um, atmosphere. Do you want another drink? Well, I reckon we're getting towards the end of the podcast. So do you want? Should we get to the end of the potty and then we'll, yeah, we'll wrap it up? Or do you need a drink? I'm, I'm Oh, well, I probably do need a drink, but let's wrap it up. <laughs> but this has been a good podcast. I, like, you were reluctant to record this. I know, because I don't think anyone has any interest in hearing what I've got to say. We'll let all them decide. That's, we'll what, let that's, them decide. that's all I'm saying. Like, as, ah. a, as an old dude that <laughs> maybe once did okay, it's, it's what it is. Well, your humbleness and your, um, yeah, your modesty in this uh, question is, is probably appreciated from everyone listening. I mean, for me, you were a big influence for me as I grew up. Um, so, you know, thank you for well, the for that influence. And in, for in that the same way, you guys, I, like, I don't, I always looked at everyone, everyone young that came with us, like there was you, there was mm. Jono, there mm. was, man, I just saw that what you guys were doing, it mm. just pushed all of us. Yeah, we tried to have a, a good dig and I think, yeah, just that environment, I got a lot of credit to Ian Stewart as well because yeah. he really, whilst he, the abuse was relentless. <laughs> he he really it, pulled it, it, out it, the it, best. It, it, it does. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, look, out of everything that if I can say anything to mm. anyone, I'm more, I'm so grateful for the, the friends I've made out of bodyboarding mm. for, in a way, the life it's given me mm. because I still surf every day. I ride a surfboard a lot, but I ride a bodyboard when the waves are good. Mm. Um, I still do a surfing trip every year if yep. I can. It's still my life. It's mm. it's it's doesn't come to being on the tour or doing anything. It's just what I love, and my best friends, my whole world, nearly every single person in my life can be traced back to a bodyboarding connection. There's a nice way to finish a podcast. Shall we have dinner? Let's eat. Okay. Thanks, mate. <laughs> The book, 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 the